listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Mm, that is a good sounding theme song. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I love how we listen to it together. Like 30 mm. times before we record each time. To get into the for right those, headspace. Yeah. Yeah. For those listeners who really want to know our process, we each listen to the theme song alone. Then we listen to the theme song together. Then we hum the theme song mm. one at a time as the other one closes their eyes. Yeah. It's a very meditative, sort of transformative experience. Yeah. It's, it's about becoming, becoming the intro music. I'm just yeah. yeah, I think it I think it taps into something. Something deep in my my lizard brain. <laughs> so thank you, Patrick, again for making the theme song because our process would be completely different without it. Yeah, it would just be voices or just a cappella, and we both know how that goes <laughs> for us. Well, uh, <laughs> it goes well. Acapella. Yeah. Uh if you haven't checked out our last episode, uh we talked to writer Rachel Axler. It was a real treat. Um it's called The Camel. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, hit pause on this one. Yeah, we'll still be here. Run We're not to going the anywhere. other room. <laughs> yeah, run to the other room. Get excited. Run back in and play the camel mm-hmm. because it was a real treat to have her on. Yeah. Hey, Siri, play the camel. Maybe Siri will recognize my voice. Uh oh, it did. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, I guess my- <laughs> they're always listening. <laughs> what if we played the camel? While we recorded this one, so you had like dueling just in the part, yeah, Pawnee public radios going on. I think, yeah, just and then you, it's a choose your own adventure, and you get to choose what you want to listen to, how you want to listen. Yeah, people have so many options these days. How do you know what the right thing to listen to? How do you pick your podcast in the morning? Well, the listeners have picked this one, so uh, let's get into it. <laughs> We watched Hunting Trip. It's All season of it, two. From start to finish. The yeah. whole thing. It's season two, episode 10, I believe. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, good. We are really chugging along. We're about halfway through season two, a little bit, a little bit under halfway through season two. And how are you how feeling? How are you feeling? Jinx. Oh. Oh man. That's pretty good. Well, I can't speak now until you okay. buy, until I buy you a soda. I'll take it from here. Welcome to Pawnee Public Radio with your host, Will Sondheim. Uh, anyone else? Didn't think so. Um, okay, I, I'll I demo you, for, you the so- for the soda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Jinx again. Okay. This is, this this is, is the is kind eerie. of loop that I like to get stuck in. Um, how, are, um, how are we feeling? Oh, my gosh. We even said I'm at the same time. Um, how am I feeling? I feel like these episodes are a real mix of like season two and season one feel. Like this, this one really reminded me, Hunting Trip reminded me of Boys Club quite a bit. Yeah, I wrote down Boys Club with guns. Boys Club with you guns. Know, raising that the is stakes. a really good description. I feel like that's probably how it was. I wish we had Rachel on the line, but I feel like that is probably that's how, how it was, it was pitched. pitched. Yeah. It was being like, what if we do Boys <laughs> Club, but everyone has a gun and it's just heightened? Yeah. Boys Club 2. I think Amy Poehler is really fun when she's playing Leslie Nope trying to fit in with the dudes. I think it's just yeah. a really fun game. I think that it's 
it shows her sort of awkwardness because I think a lot of the show becomes, you know, Leslie Nope is good at everything. Like mm-hmm. she's so, so, so capable. Yeah, hyper competent. Um, what? I said hyper competent. Under my breath. competent. Yeah. And so there is, you know, this charm to the awkwardness of her. I think a great line is like, you know, boys love it when you show them you can do what they love, like better than them or something yeah. along those lines. Um, it's a really, I thought it was a really fun episode, but how are you feeling mm, now? Yeah. Since we asked it at the same time. Yeah. I, um, what a journey it's been. Two great ensemble episodes in a row. I'm like I'm liking that. Um, it seems like the we're finding the voices of all of the characters, and it's just I think going to get better and better. Um, yeah. This is also one of my favorite simplest B stories in the whole series. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to it. But I I, I may love the B story even better than the A story. I'd love to just sit in the B story for just for just a little bit. A when couple we get years. To it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's get into the A and B story. That sounds shall great. We? I would love that. Yeah, I've, I've. It's been such a treat to get to recap all these episodes. We've talked to so many wonderful people. I, you know, I'm feeling nostalgic about season one, but but I know we have to keep moving forward. Um, particularly in this episode, I know we have to talk about. Um, <laughs> we have to talk about hunting trip um, now. So Peacock, <laughs> which we watch it on, actually prov- provides a one. One sentence logline for the A story. Leslie invites herself on Ron's annual hunting trip to prove that she can hang with the guys. That's the one sentence description. <laughs> Looks like our work here and is I done. Feel like, yeah. do we, do, <laughs> does that negate our whole job here? Yeah, Peacock, Peacock has made us obsolete. Now that there are. All right, I'll see you next time. Yeah, I guess, I guess Pony Public Radio is now just reading the logline with Hannah and Will. We need a much sadder, shorter theme song from Patrick. <laughs> do 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 do. A single whistle. Yeah, just uh, yes. Very bleak. <laughs> um, I mean, it's 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 a really fun episode. Like we said, it it it, it gives a little bit of like, like yeah, like a heightened season one, and it starts with um. Well, you, yeah, let's talk about the opener since it's not really connected to A or B. Andy is now very much a part of the parks department. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's loving having him there. You know, Andy being loved is a theme of the B story, which we'll get to eventually. But he's basically giving piggyback rides uh, both to Tom and to Leslie. We're introduced to Councilman Hauser, which is a very funny running gag where... Councilman Hauser always sees Leslie in like her goofiest moments. Like whenever, like she in this episode, she's being given a piggyback ride. She runs into him and starts <laughs> telling him about the park they're trying to build. But this will be a running theme. Yeah, a piggyback ride running theme for the rest of the series, and mm-hmm. it it transitions into like a really lovely West Wing walk and talk moment uh, as a. A sweet little button for the, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that is one of my favorite Leslie Nope characteristics is like, again, her being hyper competent and oblivious. Um, And that, yeah, I think one, one reason she's so good at her job is because she's not worried about looking dumb or, or isn't paying attention to it when 
when she's thinking about her job. Like, she's just focused on... Yeah. Also, as Rachel pointed out to us, you know, I think they were getting notes like, don't forget the pit is what the show's about, or now the lot. Mm -hmm. And so we start sort of chucking in with the lot. They're still trying. And then we don't revisit it this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to sort of just put a pin in it. I'm like, they're still, they're taking a half day to go hunting. But first, let's check in on the lot. Yeah, and it's basically, we learn they're all in the conference room. We learn that uh, Ron has a deal with the park rangers where they survey the land, but really they get to go on this like boys trip, boys club hunting trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And I told Will while watching... (laughs) That it's just really weird that Jerry is so a part of something. Like Jerry is not the butt of any jokes this episode. No, he's, he's in charge of the hats. Really, he does the merch no, for he, the trail survey trip. He yeah. does the merch, and he also like he's you know he's just like a part of the boys without any teasing, and it's very jarring, honestly. Yeah, because Jerry, the low status, uh, very funny, you know, butt of the joke. I feel like is where. Everyone is most comfortable with him. Mm. But high status Jerry is kind of jarring. Maybe it's an allusion to the fact that his status is only low in the like in proximity to the parks and rec mm. physical. You know, like I I'm wondering that. if there's some sort of, you know, Superman has his Krypton. Maybe maybe Jerry's Kryptonite is, is that office. Yeah. Krypton? That's the planet Kryptonite is the... Kryptonite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I'm assuming... Yeah, I'm the future episodes of Parks and Rec are a little fuzzy for me, but I'm assuming we'll learn more about Jerry's supernatural origins later, but we'll just yeah, have to keep I mean, watching. He, I mean, spoiler alert, you think it's Andy Dwyer who has a superhero double ego, but it's really Jerry. Yeah. This show becomes a sort of the Flash, Arrow <laughs> type show where, you know, at first we follow Sad Sack Jerry until he, he'll gain powers and it's related to the pit. So stay always, tuned for that. He won't always do the right thing, you know. No, yeah. but he'll learn that, you know, you can't become the evil you're fighting against. Like you have to have moral codes or else you are just the bad guy within. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned for that. But first, on this hunting trip, uh, Leslie really wants to be a part of things. I think this is something that, like, we can all relate to. Like, Leslie just wants to be included. Yeah. I may have had a psych test before I went on a reality show. And the lady was like, oh, you can lead or you can follow. And I was like, yeah, I'm good at both. And she goes, but you just really want to be included. This is what this psychologist related to the reality show said. This was for and deal. I said, yes. This was for when you were on Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal. Yeah. Yes. Um, Incredible. And Leslie, I think, if she took her pre-reality show psych test, it would show a similar thing. I think she is a leader, but she can also be. You know, she can follow, but mm. she likes to be included. Yeah. And I think she wants to be a part of things. Well, I think we see her follower aspect in a wonderful way in terms of all the people that she really looks up to. You know, and and. With all of the framed photos of a powerful, influential, you know, talented women on her walls in her office. And it and it seems like she is in government to make the world a place that she wants to that she wants to be, you know. Um, but has but been then on a people. human level, yeah. she just wants to be a part of it. So she basically invites herself and Anne and Tom, the lady the ladies. Office ladies, yeah. Um 
Yeah, to the hunting trip. And I like, I mean, Ron is a line later that it's not about the fact that she's a woman. It's that he doesn't like change. I also like the fact that, like, it's not, I mean, for the ranger who we'll meet later, it is a sexist gender thing. Mm. But it's not, it's it's more like an attitude thing than, like, a gender thing completely Yeah, at first. Um, like, so they get there. Yeah. And I guess in contrast to what I just said, <laughs> the exact counter argument, Jerry likes this hunting trip because he can pee standing up finally. Mm-hmm. And it leads me to so many questions. They get to the cabin. He says he can pee standing up, which he can't do with his wife and kids. Do men not pee standing up when they're married and their wife is in the other room? I'm, Will, could you explain this? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy to take on all of these questions. Um, I think, you know, I would say peeing sitting down it was probably i'm assuming it's just encouraged in the household um i wonder if there were too many incidents with toilet seat up toilet seat down with jerry you know so maybe he maybe it was like a three strike rule and he kind of he abused his privileges um and now has to sit down um but yeah i think i think it might just be a cultural thing probably he's encouraged Um, to sit down yeah yeah. So they get to the cabin. Jerry's peeing standing up all over the place. Do you think he pees sitting down at work? <laughs> you know what? Dude. I feel like his wife was like, you better be sitting down at work, too. I had good habits. Yeah. Just keeping it consistent. That doesn't sound like the Gergich lady. So no. maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he's just like, I, I haven't earned this. <laughs> um, But we'll learn later in the series that Jerry has... A giant gun. So, <laughs> is that a that's a penis thing, right? That's what I was. I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't, it's grosser that I didn't say. Yeah, the the penis, gun part because now it sounds like yeah. a, equating a penis to a gun. Who would ever is do that? that? Why men like shooting guns? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I see this now. Yeah, it's like a. It's you a, discovered it for yourself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is all a metaphor. This whole hunting mm-hmm. trip is a metaphor for... Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, this, this is episode all making sense is sponsored by Sigmund Freud. Um, Freud has a theory that what happens to you during the course of your day shows up to you during in your dreams. So, they <laughs> pair off. Um, Leslie is like, I'm with Ron. And... Anne says, you promised you'd go with me. And Mark's like, "You, I'll go with you. And Anne seems very disappointed that she's to be paired off with Mark. For a second, we kind of get a glance at maybe this relationship isn't in its best shape. Yeah. Although I think I, I, sometimes you just want to be with your pal. You know, I get that. And there is something, even though they're dating even though Anne is dating Mark, we can all agree that she's closer to Leslie and probably loves Leslie more than she loves Mark. I agree with that. I guess there are just multiple things um, this episode that make me start to sense that the Anne-Mark relationship isn't as good and exciting as it was at the start, mm-hmm. which wasn't even that great or exciting. Yeah. I just, I've started to pick up on the fact that Anne's sar- sarcastic quips to him are maybe her just not being that intent. I There was a second moment when um, Ron shoots a bird and says, Bula Bula, and Jerry, who's with um, 
uh, Tom and Donna go Bula Bula, and then Mark goes Bula Bula, and Anne gives him a look like, who am I dating? I just started, I guess, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just, I maybe I'm looking for it. Um, no, that's... But I just, I'm starting to get the sense that she doesn't, sh- she, you know... She's questioning things. <laughs> I I do think we will will learn in a later episode that Anne um takes on personality traits of the men that she dates. And I wonder if, you know, Mark as a character is kind of ambivalent and is kind of sarcastic. And so it could also be that she's she's matching him and No, that's an interesting yeah. theory. It's funny because when we learn that about her, she has boxes of her different ex-boyfriends and, spoiler alert, go shoot something, a a quail, not a person, and then come back in. Um, But she has boxes of all her different exes, and there's no Mark box, and that's something I'm still curious about. Yeah. I think- When she discusses ex-boyfriends, she doesn't refer to how how she was with Mark, but maybe you're right. That's very observant. Yeah. yeah, we're in these hunting pairs, and um, what happens next? So they, they're they paired off. There's a moment where they give a toast. It's another, it's another moment where it's not living up to Ron's, you know, desire for things to be as it always is. He gives a toast to the hunt, and then Leslie gives a much longer toast. Um, they kind of breeze through some gun safety, which uh, I think you guys spent a little bit more time on that. <laughs> We'll learn. Um, and then, yeah, they're out. They're out in the woods. It's Ron and Leslie. And this is where we hear from Ron that it's not because she's a woman. He just doesn't like change. Um, and he's he's starting to go in a little bit more detail. And Leslie immediately shoots a quail, startling him <laughs> um, and bringing some tension to the surface and starting a competition. They say, you know, first one. I was going to say first one to 100 birds, but no, it's that Leslie bets him 100 bucks that she can bag yes, more birds. Yeah, that would be a lot of birds. <laughs> it's a lot I of mean, animal murder. I mean, at this point of the episode, you might be thinking, oh, this is going to be a fun, uh, lighthearted competition episode. We're going to see a lot of hunting much, B-roll. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yes. Much like my time on Deal or No Deal. Mm. It's just going to be all games. Mm-hmm. But then... We, it, in a very funny way, we're, we're listening to Jerry. Again, this is when he's talking about peeing standing up. Mm. Um, and he, he's like, oh, I love the sound of the gunshots. But after one gunshot, we hear a scream. Yeah. And that's Ron. And, and it is quickly Ron revealed has been that, shot in the... Yeah. Big yes, back Ron of the has head, been shot know, in yeah. the back <laughs> of the head. Um... It's a real turn of the episode. Nick Offerman, I think this is one of his best episodes so far. He just shows such a range. Yeah. Drunk. Um, drunk Ron. Shot angry. Ron. Angry. <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> no, it's really, really He's all room. the dwarves in, yeah. this, in this episode. Um, Dopey. So now, You're right. Yeah, checks all the boxes. You know, <laughs> we also hear another scream of Donna because her Mercedes has been shot. And I don't know if this is the introduction to how much she loves her car or a heightening of a, like a past offhanded comment, but she is, I'd say, more dramatic about her car being shot than Ron in the head. Yeah. The car is really a character, we'll learn. You know, the bins yes. is, is, I think maybe season four, it starts showing up in the opening credits. 
you know, um, but we can mm-hmm. we can keep an eye out for that. But it's it gets definitely bummed a to reoccur uh, to series regular, but not yet. Yeah, um, I, I've been so bummed not to see it in more shows. You know, like it. I think it's one of the characters whose career kind of like stopped. Plateaued with, a little yeah. after, yeah. Um. So now we have Ron, who Nurse Anne. She's really like a surgeon this episode. I feel like she does a. He doesn't go. He never goes to the hospital in this in the episode. Hmm. I was kind of shocked by that. Instead, they call, you know, the ranger, but they don't call... Like, I would think if someone gets shot in the back of the head, you take them to the hospital, even if you have a nurse with you. Um, But uh, Anne is really incredible. She... She checks the wound. Uh, meanwhile, Leslie's freaking out. Who shot Ron? Mm-hmm. Uh, Suddenly, there's a brief moment yeah, we- where everyone thinks they're being hunted. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Mercedes Benz guy shows up, and Tom just shoots at him again. Gun safety, like Will said. Yeah, a lot of not a lot of gunplay in this of, <laughs> Yeah, and so I mean, again, it's there's just like a very physical comedy heightened sequence where Ron, uh, you know, has taken Donna's menstrual medicine. And combined it with bourbon, and then he has to throw it up. So they're like, Leslie and, and Anna wrestling Ron in the bed. I mean, it's just very violent and funny. And it all leads to Anne's telling Leslie she knows who shot Ron. And suddenly, when the ranger comes, Leslie takes the blame. Yeah. Why would she do that, we wonder? Is this going to be a murder mystery episode? Who who done so- it? Who done it, Hannah? <laughs> we, we get introduced to a very sexist ranger. Mm. Which is, who, which he plays with grace and misogyny and horribleness. So, Will is defending the, I love, love how you see you're like, Will, Will sensed he was defending the ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Leslie um, is very funny because he's like, oh, did you not put your safety on? Oh, I would always do that. Oh, I mean, no. Like, she keeps... She's like a straight A student that has to pretend to be bad, but keeps talking about how good her grades yeah, are. Yeah, it's like taking her taking this fall is going to take a lot of work. <laughs> she has to really, really work at being bad. But then, but she yeah. heightens it. She leans into the sexism. She's like, "Oops, my bra popped open, and I shot him." Because this ranger is eating it up. Yeah. So we're left with Ron. The gang's going home now. For some reason, Ron is not going to a hospital. Do you think this ranger has had multiple experiences of women shooting people in the woods? He acts like that. Yeah. That he's had hundreds. What happened to him? You know? I th- yeah, yeah. What is his backstory? Will wants a new show called Sex as Ranger. I think with- What happened? <laughs> with, you know, where we're at in the industry right now, a show about one sexist man alone in the woods, I think we could get the crew for that. You know? Shoot yeah. with skeleton crew. And we don't even have to focus on how sexist he is because, again, he's alone in the woods. I'll work on it. Yeah. I feel like the sexism would still come out alone in the woods. He'd be like, ah, women. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would continue to blame them for everything. I think you're right. Yeah. He would trip and be like, the females. Dirt. <laughs> um. Anyways, so we're leaving, but Ron is not going to the hospital. Um. Again, it's just odd to me that one aspect of it. but. He's angry at Leslie for shooting him in the mm-hmm. head. And that's when we learn it was actually Anne pulls Tom into the other room and 
It's revealed that Tom is the one that shot him in the head, but he didn't have a license, so Leslie decided to cover his butt. Yeah, big time. Could have been huge. Not sexual, if Tom's listening. He's still in the midst of having shot someone in the head, tries to make it sexual with Anne. I want... Okay. I think people should know that when we were watching this, Hannah, you said that she she should have let him go down in flames. (laughs) I'm just saying that he showed up without a license, uh, shot someone. Guilty? You know, he... Maybe he should have Face those consequences. Yeah. Um, also, then he was sexual and weird with Anne when she pulls him into the other room to let him know that she knows. He tries to make it like they're about to sleep together. I mean, this isn't a great Tom episode. But to be fair, he does get pantsed immediately afterwards. So there is sort of some like... T- Will really wants a sexist ranger <laughs> show and says that what happened to Tom... Was fair. Am I bad? Um, (laughs) So the last scene is they are welcoming Ron back. I guess Ron eventually went to the hospital. And no, yeah, because he turns in. They have all. It's revealed that he has stitches, which maybe he did on his own. Stitches in his head. It knowing Ron, he probably did it on his own. They have all this like Thanksgiving food, and then they see his sort of bloodied head. And or stitched up head and decide they're not hungry. That is the A story. Any any A, A, A story goodness to add? I think, again, so much of it was like uh, moments where everyone, or almost everyone, as we'll soon be reminded of in the B story, is is in the room together at the same time or is in the woods together. It's really, I think it can be tricky to switch up locations, especially in a sitcom in like early seasons but i thought this was a great great episode very fun i give it three boys club with guns yeah, boys i club can't with guns. see that give it three and a half quails big fan um the best part of this episode for me is really the b story uh the sh- you know the sh- the writers have said in behind the scenes stuff that they wanted to test the chemistry between Andy and April. Mm. So they basically put them alone in the office in a very, very simple B story. And the chemistry test came back. And it was positive. Positive. I mean, but that's a so good ba- thing. <laughs> the basic, the basic B story is that, um, Leslie gives, uh, April a very simple task. She has to call a number. Yeah. Give them a series of digits 16, in order to. What is she digits. trying to do? It's a budget tracking number. So they've turned in mm-hmm. some paperwork and they're checking in on it, and she just has to deliver. And this I know tracking what you're number. thinking right now. Yeah. This doesn't sound fun. But again, we'll if remind the you. Listeners listening, you've got to watch the episode. You got to watch the episode. <laughs> you're missing out if you're just um, listening to or us. Or just listen. <laughs> no, 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 no. The description is going to sound fun. I mean, the budget <laughs> tracking number, as described, doesn't sound like the introduction to one of my favorite B stories. But it is because what ends up happening is uh, April is waiting on hold forever. Andy walks by. She calls him in so that she can use the bathroom while she's on hold. And they proceed to spend the whole day together waiting for the person to pick up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With just shenanigans and hijinks and goofs and... Really, by the end of it, we they're friends and maybe more than friends. I want to find a source um, 
at the source at some point. But uh, Andy and April falling in love, I remember seeing somewhere, is like a cat falling in love and a puppy falling in love. Like that's, hmm. someone equated it to that. And I think that's so accurate. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. But we just, there are these small moments, like they play Marco Polo or they do soda spit takes where they say something shocking and spit the soda. And we start to learn that they like appreciate each other in a way that we haven't seen for either of them, like these characters be appreciated. Mm. Yeah. It's just very sweet. It's, yeah, it's lovely. I mean, there's something about they both are game, like they're both just down to to not take things seriously and to goof like around. Like Andy laughs at April cuz Andy's very jealous mm. um that uh, that uh Mark and Anne are in the woods together because in his head it sounds so romantic. But like I said, it it, it doesn't come off romantic in reality. That's why if you're ever jealous of an ex, they're probably miserable. Especially and someone's if, probably shot in the head. If they're in the woods with someone, do not do not envy them. Don't be jealous. That's the thing. No, no, you, no. You might be like Andy. You might be like, it's so romantic. But really, Anne is like on top of Ron forcing him to throw up. <laughs> That's probably what's happening with your ex as well. Um, but Andy's super jealous. And I think April says like maybe a, a bear will eat them. I think it's and a he deer. laughs. I think she says a, a deer. deer will eat them. Yeah. <laughs> and he laughs. And there's this moment of her like registering that he understands her humor and likes it there's just so and we also haven't seen april in a vulnerable place Mm -hmm. at all like she's dating her boyfriend ben and and he is his gay boyfriend derek um and the only other thing is the uh, venezuela episode we see her be pursued by the venezuelan intern but she has all the power there we have not seen april even though she's the intern we weirdly haven't seen her low status before Mm -hmm. in any way or vulnerable or open yeah yeah i it's i i love every minute of it um I love. I mean, the spit take scene. I think is my favorite moment of the episode. I just think it. It really feels like such a good goof, organic between yeah between the characters, and you can just feel the actors having so much fun with each other. Um, yeah, and I I also love that it's. Um, I think the whole show does this with with its mini love stories but there's this feeling of like because you're working in this small town you know this like small government um all of the big romantic things are are happening when you're basically on hold like it's all happening in the in-betweens of of like busy work or bureaucracy or something um yeah that's yeah. like i i i watch this thing about pam and jim from the office and it's like the beauty in the ordinary and the beauty of falling in love like in a very organic, simple way of like you go to the person's desk and we get to watch these little moments. Um, although Parks and Rec becomes a little bit more heightened. Mm-hmm. I guess The Office does as well. But um, I, I the B story concludes in a really funny way uh, where Andy is still jealous of Anne with Mark in the woods uh, and so April suggests that she give Andy a uh, hickey mm-hmm. to make Anne jealous. Um, and it's this very, very endearing thing of like, we just know 
you know, there's moments throughout where you're like, oh, April likes him. Like he gives her a high five and she's sort of like, she clearly likes, she likes him. Yeah. Um, and she suggests this and he says he'll go sterilize his <laughs> neck. We don't know what that means. I imagine he like runs into the park's bathroom and just like goes under one of those soap dispensers yeah. and just like. Does a bunch of them. Goes to town. Yeah, that maybe um, combined with an open flame of some sort. Of just like yeah, heating definitely it up, fire. Heating it up to a certain yes. degree. Yeah. Fire's definitely involved. Um, but then the last scene is Anne back in the parks department and she passes Andy, who has about 15, I'd say, hickeys on his neck. Like it looks like the chicken pox. Yeah, it's the hickey version of like a tattoo sleeve. Full coverage. Yes. And she looks shocked and confused. I wouldn't say that she looks jealous, but I would say that she has noticed them. A reaction. Yeah. Yes. Um you know, I don't know. There's just something when you like a show enough, you could watch characters like sit on a park bench and you you're just you love it because you love the characters. Um and when characters are so clear in who they are, you could literally like watch them hang out and that can be a part of it, mm-hmm. but a lot of times obviously there's like plot and there's action in episodes where which there should be like that's part of television but i kind of do like that the the b story is just them hanging out and like slightly falling in love yeah slightly falling in love i like that i think i mean we talked about how the other you know the a story has <laughs> has gunshots and like a location change yes. and I, and i think it feels really intentional to balance it in that way where we can, you know, in thinking about the edit, we're cutting back and forth between, you know, Ron, Ron wrestling screaming. and like <laughs> downing scotch to this really kind of, it, I think it makes us as the audience also pay attention to those quiet moments even more because of just the. They're yeah. intercut with like, I mean, there's nothing more. I mean, uh, there are things more heightened than someone getting shot in the back of the head. I almost, there's nothing <laughs> story-wise you can do that's that's more intense. But there is this like, you know, there's guns and there's action. And then there's just Andy and April sitting at a table, like slightly falling in love. And and, and sort of which, you know, which moment is going to cause more waves for the show? You know, is it? I, yeah, I just like that this small thing will continue to is going to ripple out into some some of my favorite moments in future episodes. Yeah, it's it's also just like I feel like any time Andy was not in the same story as Anne during the Halloween episode, and he was just so much more enjoyable. He was with Leslie, and he really pushed Leslie to be goofier. And this is just an even better version of that where he's now with april and even in the beginning like andy being beloved Mm -hmm. is just a new turn for this character yeah yeah do you think that do you still think that andy and leslie might end up together hannah i think there's a high chance that they get it on in the pit (laughs) which has been filled in you think they they go in there make a smaller pit dig their own little personal Mm -hmm. hole it's all because of the network notes. Yeah. We need more pit. So they get it on in the pit. No, I really like, um, I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, you watch TV because you want to check in on characters you love. Um, 
I don't want to tell the listener why they watch TV. <laughs> um, but I feel like even if you even I guess there are shows where the, you, maybe you don't love the characters, but you just you care in some way to like tune in. And that's it's not a movie. It's not like point A crazy thing like. I guess not every movie. Gosh, <laughs> the formula of writing a movie is point A, crazy thing. Yeah. That's in um, Save the Cat, no, I but think. Like, <laughs> Start with the crazy thing, <laughs> take it from there. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that to have such a like genuine B story of two people, two characters you love hanging out, mm-hmm. I don't know. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hang out with them. It is. Mm. Um, and I like hanging out with our listeners. Um, I kind of want to bring in some of the uh, speak pipes and the emails and the and all that good stuff. Remember, if you want to reach us, uh, we're at speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio, or you can tweet at us at Radio Pawnee, or you can leave us a five-star review. We got to get to them if you do. And you can email us at... Town Hall at PawneePublicRadio.com. Um, but we're going to start with some of these voicemails. Uh, just to remember, just to, just to remember, <laughs> just a reminder to remember to call in because we love when you're a part of the podcast. Because if TV is just us watching characters we love, and or at least Parks and Rec is just us checking in with characters we love, this podcast, I want to talk to the listeners we love. Was that overboard, Will? I think it were Yeah, but sometimes you gotta jump off yes, the ship. It was. Okay. <laughs> I wish you had just been like, no, you did great. That's a great metaphor. But instead I, well, I felt, think we we talked to them I a little bit, it. but I also, I mean these town halls. Well, my yeah, parents it's a little call one. in and I love them. So yeah. let's hear from, I believe, one of my parents. Um first, anonymous number eighty six. Remember, we we're trying to get to a hundred. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. Loved the podcast last week with Rachel. It was so good to get an insider's view of parks and recreation. From an outsider this week, uh, my favorite section or dialogue in uh, the hunting trip was when Leslie is interviewed by the park ranger. It just shows perfectly all the things that Leslie is fighting for and against um, the mansplaining and the stereotypes. Just wanted your thoughts on what your favorite part of this uh, episode is and uh, just want to hear. Thanks. Great, great podcast. Mom, you're not an outsider. An outsider to you? Um, I'm so my mother's daughter. Also, I feel like I may have explained what mans... I may have daughter's plane what mansplaining is um but uh thank you for calling in mom uh my uh, my favorite part of the episode i mean it's gotta just be it's gotta be the b story for me yeah is is there Um, a a particular cut to the b story i'm trying to think of a specific part of the b story i just i guess i love the the first time I I love when they high five and she just like is clearly in love with him or he laughs at her joke and she's like, I feel like so many people like seem 
don't know what to do with April in the office when she says a dark joke mm-hmm. and to watch this puppy dog of Andy just be like, huh, you're funny. And I just, um, I just, I love April as a character and I think her very human reaction to having a crush grounds her in a way that um, we maybe haven't had up until this point. So I specifically love the tiny moments of her sort of break, her shell breaking, Mm -hmm. specifically April's shell breaking and us getting to see like a, there's a, there's a line in a future episode, which is like, Donna is at spoiler alert, her wedding. I won't say to who. And she says that, um, like Leslie is, uh, like a like a softy on the outside, but like a hard ass badass on the inside. And April's the opposite, like a hard ass on the outside, but like a softy on the inside. And I feel like this is one of the first episodes we see that. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite moments is is a look from April after she she suggests to Andy that they can make Anne jealous by giving him a hickey. Like what's weird about mm-hmm. one friend sucking another friend's neck. Andy runs That's out a great line. and then April looks to the camera and is sort of caught in, in you know, orchestrating Her this excitement. moment of, of yeah. intimacy with Andy. Um, so yeah. I love how this episode really sh- tried to shoot our attention elsewhere. And Will and I are like, no, but her face yeah. in that moment. <laughs> I will say, Mom, I, I really did like um, the... Leslie's handling and playing to her own benefit the sexist ranger. Please tune into the movie Sexist Ranger, written and directed by Will Sondheim in the future. Yeah. Um, Let's get to our next uh, voicemail. Anonymous number 87. Hey, Hannah and Will. Still loving the podcast. Great, great guest. The writer last week. Uh... I don't know if you have a hunting guest this week, but Sports Guy Dad knows a lot of hunters, so he could have asked me. Uh, anyway, I do have to correct myself. Uh, the Braves were winning 3-1 to one when I recorded last week's speak pipe, but of course, as the whole world knows, probably except for Hannah and Will and your guests last week, uh, the... Dodgers did come back and get to the World Series because of the amazing Mookie Betts, uh, the best baseball player and one of the best people on the planet. Uh, so now the series as it stands, you let me know. Uh-huh. It's a Rays versus Dodgers. I, because I'm from L.A., I'm going to have to go with Mookie Betts, who I, whose name I knew way back in the day because he was a Red Sox player. Uh, with the L.A. Dodgers, that's where I have to put my, you know, I'm in L.A. You got to support the blue. Well, yeah, I'll go in with Mookie as well. Um, um, I got to I gotta learn more about Mookie. Your dad really sold me on Mookie, which I feel like. I will yeah. say I did contact my dad's uh, sports guy, dad's hunter friend. And I asked him, I said, um. I said, uh, someone gets shot in the head this week's episode, and he responded, Tom Watson responded and said, my opinion, if one hunts responsibly and follows the, ru- the, follows the rules of firearms and safety, firearm safety, nobody would get shot in the first place. And then he sent me the Northeast Hunter Education Manual, Whoa. 
written on it, it says tab. Treat, T, treat, A, always, B, B. So treat <laughs> is treat every gun as if it were loaded at all times. Oh, yes. Always point the muzzle in a safe direction. Be sure of your target and beyond. So I feel like if Tom had had the Northeast Hunter Education Manual, this episode A story may have been a lot more pleasant. Yeah, it could have just been a a bird competition. Thank you, Tom Watson, for the information. Yeah. And Dad, it's Mookie. Tom, thank you. Um, We learned a lot. Uh, let's hear our next voicemail, number 88. Matt. Hey, Hannah and Will. How's it going? Hope you guys are good. Uh, this is Matt uh, of the Venezuela episode slash Mark from Colorado. Um, I I just watched the new episode. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I had a question for Will, actually, uh, in that growing up in a small town in a rural area, like you and I both did, did you have any hunting experience? And if so, what was the worst uh, or funniest occasion that that you went hunting then the other question i had this is the first episode i watched on peacock and uh with the news of quibi shutting down both of you being comedic writers i was wondering if you had any thoughts about sort of the new wave of digital streaming platforms and how that might affect your writing and career options uh thank you so will he uh first has a question for you that's really presumptuous of him to not assume that I hunted, but okay. Do you want to go? I didn't. Okay. I didn't hunt. <laughs> I, this is a great question from one small town boy to another small town boy. Um, no, I, I didn't. I'm just a small town girl living in a lonely world. I'm sorry. You answer that hunting question. No, if you want, if you want some time at the mic, you can, <laughs> we can give you a little outro no, song. You, you, you go for it. I'll talk about my relationship to game animals. I didn't grow up hunting at all, but I remember um, I remember realizing that other kids were doing a lot of hunting because when I was in kindergarten, they're on like the first day of deer season, like I felt like half the class was gone. And I realized that there was a whole part of the culture that I was missing because these little kids were out shooting deer with dad. Um, duck hunting, also very big in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Also big was posting pictures of you with a deer um, in the back of your truck um, on Facebook. The closest I got, well, I wasn't the one hunting, but I do have a memory of my grandpa um, waking me up very early in the morning because he had shot an elk off from his back porch and he needed me to hold both of its legs while he like uh butchered it in the snow i'd like to i'd like <laughs> to point out that right before we got into this okay. you stopped our recording yeah. in order to save a ladybug we don't have to be defined by our past hannah no i'm just saying <laughs> i'm imagining how you grew up yeah. uh I, I know there's no judgment at all. There's nothing but support for the ladybug you just saved. But as you were describing you as a kid watching your grandfather butcher this uh, lamb. Whoa, an elk. We're talking elk, a bigger animal. 
Yeah, butcher this elk. I just the the image of you saying, "Han, I gotta save this ladybug," just like popped back into my head. Yeah, yeah, and I I will say I think I feel a little more comfortable um, in the ladybug saving position. Not to jump, but Matt also asked about Quibi mm. and digital platforms. Um, I think my sexist park ranger more, show could have been perfect for Quibi. And it's a real shame that I missed I think the it book. would have been Quibi. I think Quibi would have eaten it up. Um, I think that uh, especially with all the different ways you can shoot media, the more platforms, the better. I'll write for anything. You're on TikTok, Hannah. Want to plug your TikTok? <laughs> oh, my TikToks are really bad. <laughs> Anyways, next voicemail. Thank you, Matt, for calling in. Thank you for coming on the show and being so supportive. Our next voicemail is from Sarah, number 89. Will tweeted asking how much it would delight him if people would leave a speak pipe message. So I'm just following the orders. I would love to hear you guys talk more about hunting and play devil's advocate for why hunting is such a great thing. Thanks. Love you guys. I, I, <laughs> did, I mean, Will, did you, I mean, did you like send threatening messages to Sarah? Like, I, why does she seem like she's under, did you point a hunting gun at her and say, call in now? No, I, no, Sarah and I have touched base about it. it I, think we're on, I think we're on good terms. Um, but it did remind me of, of the power of the written word. Um, and that a tweet can, you know, have, I was going to make a, some, <laughs> Some joke about tweets having real world consequences, and then I like remembered the world that we live in, and it, I just got tired. Um, hunting. I've talked a little bit about hunting. Um, I feel like I have a connection to the most dangerous game joke from this episode, where Tom gets worried about you know the most dangerous thing to hunt is is people. Um, we would in my neighborhood growing up, we would sometimes play paintball. But only the older kids who were in high school when we were all in elementary school had paintball guns. And so really, it was just uh, uh, it was just like high school kids leaning out their window, like shooting paintballs. This was supposed to be a positive take on hunting. I was going on a walk with a friend recently and they were talking about how um, they they're a pescatarian, so they only eat fish. I was a pescatarian for the first like 20 something years yeah, of my life. I think it's a great, it's a great way to be. Um, but they were saying their sort of, their like rule of thumb is that they only eat animals that they feel comfortable killing themselves. <laughs> um, which I think is a connection to like hunting culture. I do think there's an element of like knowing more about, you know, like literally knowing directly where your food is coming from and being closer to, to part of nature. Um, I'm just shocked that it took me this long to realize that guns are just penis <laughs> metaphors. Yeah. Yeah, there's that and too. And you're killing someone with the penis that shoots something. I mean, it just, it's finally clicking in. Our next voicemail is from Tamsin. Number 90. Hi, Tamsin here. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, in this episode, Ron says that being angry was helping him relax after he got hurt. Uh, the other day, I fell while trying to do a pull up and I hurt my arm and I got really angry and I yelled at the pull up bar and then I rage cried for like 
10 minutes and I also found that to be very relaxing. So I was just wondering, how do you relax in times of pain? Thanks so much. Tamsin, longtime listener, first time caller, longtime friend. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, Tamsin and I grew up together in Arkadelphia. Yeah, same first grade class. Did she take <laughs> did she take deer day off? When the deers came out, was she one of the kids that went to deer take season? deer day off? No, but Tamsin yeah. is an animal expert. She works at a very cool camp that Okay, Tamsin, we can touch base about this later. I'm going to get this wrong. <laughs> but my memory of it is you like are out in nature for a week and you learn a ton about birds and you get to hold snakes. And it's great. I feel like she's the character that the sexist ranger like is finally defeated by. Like Tamsin is a part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. No, I'll I'll we'll improvise a little bit and I think we'll find her character from there. But I would. Definitely. I, yeah, she's got the part. <laughs> Tamsin, I really relate to you rage crying at your pull up bar. Um, I if you haven't tried kickboxing before Tamsin, I highly recommend it because it's like you get to punch the pull-up bar mm. in your workout. It, except instead of a bar, which would break you, it's a bag. And you can imagine that bag is whoever you want. And I feel like it's uh, kicking and punching a bag is is a very great release when you're in pain and you want to anger release. So that's my answer for you. I don't know if, Will, what you, your thoughts are. No, kicking... Kicking and and you're saying kicking and punching, kicking and punching bag. Yeah, kickboxing. Yeah. Yeah. You get to punch. You get to kick. You get to spin kick. It's really fun. I'm convinced. What do I? What do I do? Um, you save ladybugs and never get angry. <laughs> Let's be real. I I think I do get angry. I get pretty mad at myself. Um, but it really helps me to have someone. Uh. The sooner I can laugh about something um, or laugh about something else. I do think in... No, she asked how you rage get it out. How I rage it out? How do you rage it out? When's the last time you raged it out? Well, I'll go on an angry run. I'll go on a a friggin' angry... I'll do an angry clean. I'll wash dishes too fast (laughs) and I'll put them away in the cabinet too quick. I've got my vices. I love this side of you. Uh, before we wrap the voicemail section, uh, Connor Young had tweeted at us at Radio Punny, I'll call in soon. I said he had an hour. He clearly missed it. And <laughs> for the first time ever, we're going to have to save our Connors for next week. I'm really hopeful that next week we'll have all the Connors call in at once to make up for it. For now, let's switch to our email. We have one email. From Benjamin Benson. Thank you so much for writing in, Benjamin. Uh, We'll read this together. Maybe we'll switch off. It's a numbered list. We can switch off each number. I can start us off. It's called Hunting Trip Episode from Benjamin. Hello, Radio Pawnee. So now that Parks and Rec is is off Netflix, I went and pulled out my season two DVD, and there are some deleted scenes for all the episodes. I'm going to pause the email right there. I didn't realize that there were uh, deleted scenes. I don't have a TV, so I never thought to get a DVD. But I guess you could maybe play it on your computer? Yeah. Ben? Oh, Ben? Yeah. Sorry. Hello? Ben? <laughs> um, now I think that I, as a huge Parks and Rec fan, need to find all these deleted scenes, watch them, and and do that 
connected to Pawnee Public Radio. So let us know in the comments below if you want to see me reacting to what pot- could potentially be brand new Parks content. Uh, I'm going to continue the email. So here is some of what happens in the 11 minutes and 30 seconds of deleted scenes for this episode. I'm thrilled. Uh, do you want to start with number one and then I'll take two. We just switch off. Okay, and I encourage you, if you're not already closing your eyes, I think, to really get the full effect of these deleted scenes, mm-hmm. you know, keep them Eyes closed. closed. Um, number one, Leslie tries to convince Ron she should go on the trip because she's manly and she pulls beef jerky out of a binder she's carrying. Ron is disappointed because it's vegan jerky. Gut reactions? Number two. Oh, we're reacting to each one. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of them. So funny, <laughs> funny, funny. Okay. Uh, number two, Leslie says she wants to go hunting because it's not about killing things. It's about killing things with your friends. That's a positive thing. I feel like that's a great answer for Sarah's question too. Great thing about hunting, yep, Sarah, killing things with friends. You. Number three, Ron shows off all his previous kills mounted in the cabin. Well, sort of thinking those taxidermy bits are those are Ron Swanson originals. Good to know. Those props were expensive and they didn't even make it Do we it think in. deleted scenes are Number canon? Four. What do you think? Like if, if there's a deleted scene, not canon, canon, not canon? It's a part of the show. Yeah. If it's deleted, it's still there. Not canon. Nick somewhere. Cannon. Got it. Nick Cannon. Okay. They're Nick, Nick Cannon. Cannon. Wow. Incredible. Um, canon is like definite a part of the show, even outside the episode, right? Yeah. I think so. Lives in the world. Yes. Then yes. Number four, Tom accuses Leslie of shooting Ron because she would be promoted to his position if he dies. (laughs) He says, just like how Lyndon Johnson had John Kennedy killed, Leslie says that didn't happen, but Jerry says he believes that is what happened. Then Leslie says her middle name is Barbara, so her initials would be LBK in honor of LBJ, who is her mother's favorite politician. It's at this point (laughs) in the email that I'm realizing... Benjamin could make stuff yeah. up. We have not seen the deleted scenes. We will. Maybe one day if we have a Patreon, I'll watch them all with you all. But I, Ben, I hope you're not making and things up. And if you up, are, I salute is, you. <laughs> I salute you. I hope you are now. I hope you're not. I hope you are. All right. Take on number, number five. five. When trying to figure out who shot Ron, Jerry is happy that for once it wasn't him who screwed up. That checks out. That feels See this again and now this feels like this could be a real scene. I feel like I keep getting the crazy (laughs) ones. Like I feel like you get the like very quick, like normal ones. And it's like number six is this. There's a ton more April and Andy stuff. She paints his toenails, which are nasty. They dance around. She sews up a rip in his jeans. She sees how hard she can punch him in the stomach. You see her give him the hickeys. Oh, wow. The camera crew asks if she likes Andy, but she acts like she doesn't and says she just wants him and Anne to get back together. Wow. This is a lot. And I think we can agree that the episode would have been worse with this deleted scene. This deleted scene, I think, good deleting. I don't think we needed it. No, I think it would have been better. I want to see more April and Andy stuff. Why would it be worse with more of their I think more isn't always a good thing. All right, you take number seven. Mm, number seven. This is the deleted scene where the tracking person finally picks up the phone so April can do her task. And when she's done, she asks to be put back on hold because she is enjoying the music. I love that little uh-huh. note. Number eight. 
Before everyone goes on the trip, Leslie tells Tom to get a hunting license. So making Tom even worse. Yeah, which I think is I think we would have suspected we would have maybe suspected him more. I like that there wasn't a too early. Yeah, yeah I, like I like that the for mystery. a moment we're like, is Number- there a, is the predator loose in the woods? I sort of like that there's a moment yeah, where we're like, this show's about to take a turn. Yeah. Number nine. When Ron is telling Leslie he doesn't like change, he mentions how he has had the same haircut since 1978. Then they cut to his barber, who describes the cut and says it takes him four minutes to give it. This, how do you feel? I feel for the actor who played the barber, who got a day rate for showing up on set, but didn't get any royalties for this episode. I agree. I will say we do eventually meet Ron's barber, maybe in death. Hannah, that's a teaser. (laughs) What? It's a great teaser. (laughs) Number ten. I like how that actor, they're like, come back in. Actor who plays Ron's barber. And he's like, yes, the last time I didn't get it with my day right. And they're like, get in the coffin. <laughs> um, number 10, at the very end of end, Ron has Tom come to the party in a dress as punishment. The next day, Tom comes to work in a different dress with a pearl necklace. The camera crew asks him why he is wearing the dress past the time he had to, and he says it's a great icebreaker that women who would never talk to him now come up to him and ask him why he's in a dress. I think this scene, uh, I don't think we needed it. And I like seeing the back of his scabby (laughs) little head instead, especially someone who has had a scalp surgery and has had gross little head stitches. I feel... You oh, have? yeah. I had what we like to call in the business a mole hole, which is where you have a questionable mole and the dermatologist um, takes it off. And then you have a hole where that mole was on your head. So I've got a little bald patch, a tiny oh. little bald patch. So much. This is <laughs> yeah, Benjamin Benson. But it Benson. applies too, to what I just said. <laughs> he said, keep rocking, you two. Benjamin Benson, I would like to thank you so much for... Um, Emailing in all the deleted scenes, truly fun. I feel like now I'm going to go try to get these deleted scenes and make them a part of the podcast, but really, really fun. And if this is your own writing, um, if this is fan fiction, keep up the good work. Yes. Benjamin Benson, what we ask of you is, can you please email in deleted scenes again for another episode, but put in two that you make up, and then we'll have to guess which two are the made up deleted scenes. Um. If you're listening and you're not Benjamin Benson, please let us know are high, yeah. some <laughs> deleted scenes uh, that you wish had been in the episode and make them up for us and we'll read them on the pod. You can email them or you can tweet them at Radio Pawnee. This is so funny. Someone sent in a three-star review, but it's very yeah. positive. <laughs> that sometimes feels um, like... I love this person. It's like, I'm so excited to be listening. Three stars. <laughs> Um, before we go, there's something exciting I did. What'd you do? What'd you do, Hannah? I voted. That is so good. It was so easy and so fun. And then I put it in one of the ballot boxes near me. Um, and I learned all about the propositions in California. And they are kind of confusing. Yeah, super important to, to look at those, all that local race stuff. It can get lost in the noise. But yeah. Yeah, I think if you want to vote at home, and I think you do, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you're someone who votes, just go to vote.org, check in on your registration, make sure you're all set, and vote. 
Right, Will? Yeah. Um, this is a really important election. And if you don't, Tom will shoot you in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And Leslie will cover for him. He'll get away with it. Yeah. You don't want to get Leslie in trouble again. <laughs> um this has been really fun. We have some great episodes coming up, some great guests. Um, but Wheel, it was fun to just hang out, just the two of us, stare into each other's eyes, and then include other people in that in the town hall section. Yeah, without without blinking a single time, mission accomplished. Yeah, Will has not blinked this Very whole time. Very dry. Need to go. Need uh, to go take care of. I'm that. not calling a nine one one. I'm not calling the ambulance. Mm. I'm just getting Ann in here. Yeah. She's going to give him some menstrual medicine. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and I think um, we'll just put on, you know, the episode is over, but we're just going to put on some light hold music and maybe you'll meet someone you really like. See you next time while you wait. Bye.